Welcome to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. Through the revelation of God's undeserved, unearned and unmerited favour, we are committed to helping you make better changes in life for life. Coming me. All protocol has been uh, observed. So we will just go into the word uh, this morning, <coughs> the word of uh, the day. I just want to thank uh, our pastor in absentia for giving me this uh, opportunity to be a vessel through which his word will flow. Hallelujah. It is my hope, it is my prayer that as I uh, share the word this morning, at least you will manage to capture one or two things. Hallelujah. I uh, also want to thank the pastor for the vision that he gave us this year. The year of the presence of God. Amen. Can we all just repeat? The year of the presence of God. We cannot do anything outside his presence, church. Hallelujah. Even today, as we are doing what we are doing, he is here. Hallelujah. Never take any opportunity for granted. The Lord is here. Miracles are happening. We are in Mount Zion. Hallelujah. So this year of the presence of God, I'm just going to share a word today, which I have titled, An Attitude of Love. Hallelujah. An attitude of love. Hallelujah. I pray to God that you give me the grace that I share this word in a way, in a manner that will be understood. And I'm hoping that I will be here for the shortest of times. Hallelujah. So to help me bring forth today's word, I'm going to read from two portions of scripture. The first one being the book of Second Samuel. Chapter 13. 2 Samuel. Chapter 13. I will read from verse 28 to 29. And then I will jump to verse 34. Up to verse 39. Hallelujah. I will also read from the book of John. Chapter 13. Verse 33. Say amen when you have... Uh, if you have found uh, chapter 13, Second Samuel, and I will read New King James uh, Version. Now Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Watch now, when Amnon's heart is merry with wine. And when I say, strike Amnon, then kill him 
Do not be afraid. Have I not commanded you? Amen. I'll go to verse 34. And from verse 34 it says, Absalom flees to Gesho. Hallelujah. I'm hoping that I will go slowly so that we understand the story and the concept. And hence my message. Then Absalom fled. And the young man who was keeping watch lifted his eyes and looked. And there many people were coming from the road on the hillside beside him. And Jonadab said to the king, Look, the king's sons are coming, as your servant said. So it is. So it was as soon as he had finished speaking that the king's sons indeed came. And they lifted up their voice and wept. Also the king and all his servants wept very bitterly. But Absalom fled and went to Taumai, the son of Amihab, king of Geshur. And David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom went to Geshur and was there for three years. And King David longed to go to Absalom. Hallelujah. Absalom had done a very atrocious thing. He had killed his own brother. But here, I want you to notice, King David longed for a fellowship with a sinner, with one that had killed somebody. I want you to notice that. Hallelujah. For he had been comforted concerning Amnon because he was dead. Hallelujah. So let's jump to the book of uh, John 13. I will read from uh, verse 34 just to make it short. And uh, verse 34 says, A new commandment I give you that you love one another. As I have what? Loved you. Hallelujah. That you also love one another. By this all will know you are my disciples. If you have love one for another. Hallelujah. And I just invite my sister Miss Vogue to come and pray for the word. word of the season, but it has to be a word that changes all situations and all circumstances in the name of Jesus. Father God, be the voice today, Jehovah. As my brother preaches, mighty God, let us not see him, but let us hear from you, mighty God. Jehovah, touch lives and change lives with this word, mighty God. We thank you, Jehovah, for showing up as we know, Jehovah. You are not a man to move 
most moved by circumstances. Jehovah, so COVID, Jehovah is not going to hinder us from listening to your word, mighty God. We glorify you and we thank you, Jesus, this morning. Jehovah, thank you for your word, mighty God. I'm already thanking you because I know it's going to change lives and situations. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, church. I just want us to talk to each other this morning. Let's talk about love. Hallelujah. Let's talk about love. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's not so much that people talk about love. And uh, it's a subject that has been misunderstood and misconstrued. And today I'm just hoping that I will come from a certain angle and leave you in a certain place. Hallelujah. So when I was young and I was... Uh, Growing up, I used to enjoy listening to music and listening to the radio. So there was this radio, Radio 3, and one of my favorite DJs, as, you, as we knew them those times. His name was Davis Mugadza. I don't know if you are related to Brother Emmanuel. Is he your brother? <laughs> we knew him as the cool mode, Davis Mugadza. So one day this morning, he came up with a story and he left me in stitches laughing. And I'll share the story with you. He said, oh, when I was coming to work, I met this girl, yeah? So this girl, this sister of mine, she was uh, crying very distressed. And I went and put my shoulder around her. And I said, my sister, why are you crying? And she said, oh, my boyfriend have just left me. I've been dumped. So David said, okay, I comforted her and, uh, you know, I left her relaxed. But just before I left, I asked her this question. I said, hey, you must have loved this boyfriend of yours, yeah? And she said, no, I loved his car. I loved his car. So why am I saying this story? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying this so that we understand that sometimes when we are talking about love and our understanding about love is so misunderstood, is so misconstrued sometimes. Somebody can lust over somebody and think they love them. Hallelujah. It's so easy for me to say to my brother, Simba, I love him so much. And yet, and yet what's happening there is there's something I'm benefiting from him. There's a material benefit that I'm deriving from my brother. And it's easy for me to think that I love him. Let him withdraw what he has been sharing with me. That's where the proof of love is. Hallelujah. Do we love each other, church? True love is unconditional. Hallelujah. When you talk about love, it's a situation whereby you just love somebody without any benefit that you are getting from them. Hallelujah. When you truly love somebody, even if they've got their weaknesses, you will still continue to love them. Hallelujah. I was thinking that um, our administrator is not here. Yeah, Mr. Kalusa, he does a very, very great job for us as a church. 
administrates, keeps our finances. We love him. But one day, if he misuses the church's funds, will we continue to love him? That's where true love will be shown. Hallelujah. True love is conditional. True love is not dependent upon what you are getting from somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the subject of today. And if you notice from the book of John, which I read to start with, this happened when Jesus was now announcing his departure. Hallelujah. He gathered his disciples around and he said, come here. I'm going to talk to you. Hallelujah. He gathers all his disciples to come around him. And he said, now my time to go is near. I am now glorified like my father. And the same way my father is glorified as me. Just like as I have said to the Jews, I am telling you this. I am now about to go to a place which you will not come. So little children, he referred to them. I am leaving you this commandment. Hallelujah. He did not leave them pages and pages of commandments like what, have, what, like what had been done in the Old Testament. He said, this commandment I am leaving you now. That you continue to love one another. Not just that, but as I have loved you. Hallelujah. It's not just a question of loving one another. But he said, as I have loved you. And he goes on to say, by this, they will know that you are my, disciple, my disciples. Not when you heal the sick. Not because you are coming to worship every day. Not because you are doing charity out there in the world. But when you love one another. But when we love one another. As brothers and sisters in the church. If you notice all the previous commandments that have been given. They are captured. They are captured in this one commandment. Love one another. In the book of Luke, he speaks about loving your neighbor as yourself. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Hallelujah. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you will notice that you will never hate them. Because you would imagine if that was happening to you. Hallelujah. So all those 365 laws and rules which had been given to the Jews, all the Ten Commandments that had been given to Moses in the mount, they are captured in this one attitude called love. Hallelujah. So that is what we are talking about today. Love one another, church. I just want you to reflect. Think about it yourself. Do you really love your sister? Do you really love your brother who you are sitting next to? If you love them, do you pray for them? What have you done to them? Hallelujah. 
What have you done for them? Have you gossiped about them? It's a challenge. Hallelujah. Just reflect upon it. Amen. As I have loved you. This is God speaking. This is Jesus. How have we been loved by God? How has he shown us his love? Yes, you can say by dying for us. By carrying all our burdens. But I just want to show you from another angle. In the story that we have read about David, hallelujah. Those like me who believe in the concept of shadowing, hallelujah. Some stories that have happened in the Old Testament, we take them to shadow something that was about to come. In my view, this story encapsulates the total, the total love, the total salvation, the total way in which God has loved us. Hallelujah. So, you see that in the book of Samuel, this man, this child of God, called Absalom, he had commanded his servants to kill his own brother, hallelujah, called Amnon. So for now, don't worry about what Amnon had done. Just focus on the fact that Absalom had killed his own brother. Absalom had killed his own brother. And according to the laws in Leviticus chapter 24 verse 17, him also he was supposed to die. Because the laws were clear that if you kill somebody, yourself you were going to die also. Hallelujah. Now, if you notice the way John qualifies that in the book of 1 John chapter 3 verse 15, he says that now killing somebody is not just an act of taking a knife or a gun and shooting them. If you hate your own brother, if you have done something negative towards your own brother, you are equal. It's similar to someone that they've that have practically killed somebody. So in other ways, what he's saying, what John is saying is the attitude of hatred is similar to you killing somebody. So the attitude is similar to the act. The attitude is equated to the act. So what does Absalom do when he kills his brother? And ask yourself, when you have gossiped over somebody, what did you do? What do we normally tend to do as children of God? So Absalom thought that if he flees from the king, if he flees from Israel, he's running away from the presence of God. Hallelujah. People of God, yes, we are sinners. We sin every day. We kill our brothers every day. We kill our sisters with our mouths every day. But what do we do? Do you run away from his presence? You can't run away from the presence of God. Hallelujah. Or do you rather come to church and pretend that nothing has happened? Okay, okay, let me just say that maybe in Absalom's case, he was better. He thought, that, Lord, I'm not worthy to worship you. Even though it's wrong, let me run away and try to hide from you. You, what do you do? 
Who is better than someone who runs away and tries to hide? And somebody who kills his own brother and continues to come as if nothing happens. Hallelujah. Come to God, brothers and sisters. Even if you sin, there's a place for you to repent. Even if you kill your own brother, God will continue to love you. Hallelujah. So in uh, verse 34, where we read, In verse 39 where we read, the Bible says, even though the king, David, who represents God, the king, David, even though his own son had been killed, but his heart continued to long for the fellowship of his son, the killer. The heart of God will continue to yearn for you to come back to his house. Even though you have done something wrong. Hallelujah. So David, for three years, he was not a happy man. In Israel, the king was always with an attitude because he missed his son who had run away. Hallelujah. I want you to notice how look rise these things. Hallelujah. God's attitude towards a sinner is reflected in this story. Hallelujah. David was not thinking that when he come, I'm going to kill him according to the laws. He was not saying, Absalom, come so that you face the consequences. But he wished the end for his fellowship. Hallelujah. So if you notice in Luke, I think around chapter 11 of the book of Luke, somewhere around there, Luke talk about lost things, the lost sheep, the lost coin. And he also talks about the prodigal son. Hallelujah. And what does he say about the shepherd? If he loses one sheep, the shepherd leaves all these, is it nine sheep or 99 sheep? And then follows for the one that is lost until he finds it. Hallelujah. And the Bible says there's joy in the angels of the Lord towards one sinner who returns back to his house than for the 99 who are already in there. Hallelujah. So David's heart continued to heart, to, to, sorry, continued to yearn for Absalom to return. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to thank God for this man called Joab, the son of Zeruiah. When he noticed that the king's heart is no longer with, with us here, the king's heart is no longer with all these people that are filling the church. There's a sinner out there that God is yearning for. Hallelujah. He devised a plan and he went to, he sent to, to a place called Tekoa to say, find a woman there who is very wise. I want her to come and stand in front of the king and, and plead for the case of this one who is a sinner. Hallelujah. So the Bible talks about this woman of Tekoa. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Joab puts words into her mouth. 
and say, pretend to be like someone who has been mourning for a very long time. Do not anoint yourself with oil and dress yourself very shabbily and go and stand in front of the king. Hallelujah. And I will put words in your mouth that will ensure that the one who is a sinner will come back home. The one who is a sinner will come back home. Hallelujah. So this woman of Tekoa went and spoke to the king. Hallelujah. So this lady went and spoke to the king. Hallelujah. She said, King, I had two sons, and one of my sons killed his brother. And now the whole village wants this one who is left to be killed also. If that happens, it means I'm going to be left with no son. Oh, king, help me. Hallelujah. So when David heard that, his anger was raised. And he said, as long as I live, no hair of your son is going to fall. Hallelujah. So this woman turned back to the king and he said, King, why do you speak as someone who is guilty? Why do you speak as if you've got a son who is there, who you are not bringing back home? And her words were, God does not take away a life, but devises means so that his banished ones are not expelled from him, but are brought back to his presence. Hallelujah. So this woman was not anointed with oil. If you notice in the greater concept, you will notice that it is Jesus who is being spoken about here. It is Jesus' grand plan of salvation when he went to his father and pled for me and you when we were not in the house of God. When we were sinners, Jesus went. And if you read from the book of Isaiah, it says that he had no form, no comeliness. There was no beauty in him that would desire him. He was despised and he was rejected by men. But what did he do? Yet he bore our sorrows. He bore our grief, our grief and carried our sorrows. Hallelujah. So when that happened, God agreed to say, all right, you will go and die for them. Hallelujah. With the love that God had for me and you. He gave us his only begotten son to die for human beings, hallelujah, so that whosoever believes in him, now we will not perish, but we have been given everlasting life. Hallelujah. We will not perish, but we have been given everlasting life. So this is the way in which God has loved us. Amen. This is the way in which God has loved us. That even though we were sinners, he did not give us a condition. The only condition was we believe in his son. And now we are worthy to be called his children. Jesus came here to be like me and you. And to die for us. He reduced himself God himself reduced himself, hallelujah, to be like me and you so that we are saved. 
And now when everything had been done, when everything had been achieved, he was ready to go back to his father. That's why he, when he gathered all his disciples and said, look, my time to go is now. My time is nearer. John 13. I shall not be with you for much longer. It's going to be only a little while. But little children, just as I have loved you, I want you to love one another. Just as I have loved you, continue to love one another. What do you do when you love one another? Church of God, we pray for each other. We stand with each other in times of struggle. Hallelujah. We don't rejoice when we see one of us suffering. Hallelujah. We don't rejoice in iniquity. That's not an attitude of love. Paul says true love is patient. True love suffers long. In the Amplified Version, Corinthians, uh, is it Corinthians 13? It says love endures forever. Hallelujah. Have you ever been there when you, there's somebody that you love so much, but they've disappointed you, but then you think back and you realize, you know what? I really love this person. I cannot crucify them. And you forgive them. Continue to pray for them. This is the attitude that the Lord wants us to have. Hallelujah. So, I'm going to just take you slowly to the book of John 3.16. Three sixteen says, uh, <clears throat> because this is the verse that we are most mostly used to. Amen. For God so loved the world, Hallelujah, that He gave us His only begotten Son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. Now, if you go back, if you go to the book of First John, chapter 3, verse 16. Now, this is the bit that applies to us. First John 3. First John 3:16 By this we know love because he laid down his life for us 
And we also ought to lay down our lives for brethren. Hallelujah. Can we do this, church? He died for us. He laid down his life for us. Now he is commanding us that in the same way we also lay down our lives. Or rather we will be prepared to lay down our lives for the sake of our brethren. Hallelujah. The concept of the good shepherd. A good shepherd is not like a hireling. Hallelujah. A good shepherd will be prepared to defend his own sheep up to their own death. So that is the attitude that we are being compelled to have. Hallelujah. The attitude of love. Hallelujah. Can you just say to your neighbor the attitude of love? Love one another, church. Love one another, brothers and sisters. The attitude of love should permeate in our midst. When Paul was writing to the Philippians in a letter that he gave, Philippians 2, verse 5, he said, Now let that same attitude be upon us, the attitude of Jesus, or rather let that same mind be upon us, the attitude of Jesus, that even though he was high there and lifted up, he did not consider himself robbery to be equal to God. But he was ready, he was prepared even to be poor, to swim in poverty as long as his grand plan of salvation, of saving me and you is achieved. Now he's saying to the Philippians, which applies to me and you. Let that same attitude be upon you. The attitude of love. That's the word of the day, church. The attitude of love. Let us love one another. Salvation was already achieved. Hallelujah. Everything we need is already captured in salvation. If it's healing, it's captured in salvation. If it's wealth, it's captured in salvation. All we need is to have faith, is to believe. Hallelujah. Is to grasp salvation. But here is what is required of us. The greatest commandment of all. The greatest commandment of all. Love one another. Love your neighbor. Love your brother. Love your sister. Thank you very much, church. And before I go down to, to sit, before I invite uh, Deacon Busy to come back and pray, I just want each and every one of us, I know there is COVID, I know we are, we are observing the protocols and stuff, but I just want you to think of somebody who you are going to pray for today. As an act of love, you might know what they are going through. They might not be going through anything. 
But I just want you to hold one person in your heart. Of course, don't, don't shake hands and, uh, and uh, don't hug because of COVID. But I want you to hold proverbially one person that you are going to pray for because you love them as we have been commanded. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for the church. And I thank you as I have delivered the word as you commanded me. The word of love, oh my God. Love towards one another. Love towards the saints. Love for our brothers. Love for our sisters. As you have loved you, oh dear Lord. This morning, Lord, we submit ourselves before you. And we promise that we shall comply. We shall follow your paths, Almighty God. And we shall continue to love one another. Just as you have loved us. As you have loved the sinner. As you have loved the world. As you have loved the church. Continue to teach us, O Lord, to love one another. To love one another. As your church, as individuals, to love one another unconditionally. With no condition with no material benefits that we derive from that. Love that is not lust. Love that is not jealous. Love that is patient. Love that suffers long. Love that endures many things. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I present your church to you. Cause us to be a church which is full of love, Almighty God. A church that knows no gossip. A church that knows no jealousy. A church that knows no talking down on each other, oh Lord. Help us, almighty God, to submit to you with a heart of love, with an attitude of love. Because you have loved us, almighty God. You bore our sins. You carried our sorrows because you loved us. In the name of Jesus. I thank you for the word of the day. And I thank you for this prayer. And I thank you for your presence in our midst today. And I will thank you, Lord, for your continued presence in our midst throughout the year, Almighty oh God. And even as I pray, Lord, if there are those who feel heavily laden on their shoulders, carry their burdens, Almighty God. We present their burdens to you, Lord. If there is those amongst us, Lord, who are sick in their bodies, heal them, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus. I speak health. I speak health, O Lord, to the church. I speak protection to our children. I speak good tidings to the church. I speak wealth I speak provision, Lord. Widen our horizons, Lord. Lord, give us a new idea every day. Pulverize us, Almighty God. Continue to teach us the ways of righteousness. In the mighty name of Jesus.
Thank you for tuning in to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. To interact with us, please visit our website at afmimmiltonkeens.org or follow us at Ebenezer Fellowship AFMIM on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also interact with Pastor Danny on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For easy access, the links are in the description.